1: Welcome back to the podcast today our guest is Aviva Pinto and she is the Managing Director of Wealthspire Advisors. Welcome.
0: Thank you Gary.
1: So tell us tell us some about yourself who you are and you know what exactly you do.
0: Okay so I am a wealth advisor which means that I am trying to help people who need help getting their finances back on track. So I'm a certified divorce financial analyst, which means that I've been through courses to help people who are going through divorce. And I'm a financial analyst to help people who have their businesses that they have just sold or people who have just gotten an inheritance or sometimes widows and widowers. Um, and those are generally the people who have not had the chance or have not wanted to get their finances back on track or even be anything involved with the finances. And so what I try and do is help educate them so that they can feel comfortable with their financial lives going forward. So people who are in transition are generally the ones who are very afraid of, oh my God, what don't I know? And What I try and do is just hold their hands and show them that it's basically addition and subtraction. And the most important thing is to get a budget together and figure out how much is coming in and how much is going out and try and keep it that the amount coming in is greater than the amount going out so that they stick to their budget. And then we work on their financial plan. And the financial plan is basically, how old are you today? How long are you going to live? And make sure that we have accounted for all the things that are gonna happen in the middle, like sending kids to college or being able to pay for your retirement, healthcare, long-term care, those types of things. And people are living a lot longer. So you really have to take into account longevity. So if you're 50 today and getting divorced, or you're 60 and somebody just passed away, you've got another 40 years ahead of you, and that money has got to last for you. So first we figure out how much you need, and then we sit down and we say, okay, how do we invest this so that it's going to be there for you the entire length of your life? Right.
1: So now you're the managing director. Um, Tell us how you got to to where you are now.
0: Okay. So um, I started my career uh, out of business school. I went to University of Chicago Business School. I started my career in the financial industry. And I was working with a lot of people who had a lot of money. New York tends to be an area that attracts a lot of people in finance and in um, in law, and lots of doctors, etc. So I had a lot of clients that had a lot of money. And what I was finding was that they were, they were giving a lot of money to their children. And I was getting phone calls from people who were what I consider to be trust fund babies, that basically were telling me to transfer money into their accounts, because they had just Crash the latest car. And that wasn't as satisfying as when I started getting phone calls from matrimonial attorneys and trust and estate attorneys and CPAs telling me, hey, I have a client that really needs your help. And so I started morphing my career more towards the people who needed my help rather than the people who the money came easily and they didn't care where it went. So these are people who have earned their money the hard way, or people who have inherited money and really don't know what to do with it, or people who are going through divorce and say, hey, you know, this is all the money I'm going to get. I'm not working right now, and I haven't been working for a while because I've been raising a family or whatever it is, and I need your help getting it back on track. So that's how I got to where I am today, and I like being with people that need the handholding and want the education and want me to help them. And you you and I were talking before and it really takes a team of people to get where you need to be. And so I am not the only one in their lives. I partner with their divorce attorney. I partner with their trust and estate attorney. I partner with their accountant to make sure that we have the right information and we're giving the right advice or whatever their circumstances are.
1: Right, right. So, I guess what initially got you started in the finance industry? So when I was at business school,
0: I was at school with a lot of people who wanted to be investment bankers, and I saw their hours, and I saw what was going on with their families, and I decided that for me personally, I needed a career where I was going to be able to, you know, not be all things, but, but right. I would be able to have a family. And I find that in my generation, women were being told you can have it all. I think that's wrong. You can't have it all at the same time. You can have it all at different times. Right. So you know, you're, you're going through your career and you're raising your family and you need to be able to have the flexibility to go off and see your kids in the school play or being on the soccer field or whatever. And I found that with investment management, the <laughs> I had that ability. The market closes at a certain time. You don't have to be you know, watching it 24-7. We're wealth managers where you know, if you asked me on a particular day, what's the market doing this second? I would not know because we try and put together long-term financial plans that make sense for clients using asset allocation where I don't have to watch a particular stock going up and down. We are not stockbrokers. We are investment managers, wealth managers, managers and we have long-term plans for our clients. So for me, it was a career choice to go into something where I would have a good work-life balance and still be able to do a great job for my
1: clients. Right. So, you know, obviously you have your specialty now that you really work in. What are some of the common mistakes that you see these clients making before they come in and talk to you?
0: So the clients that are getting divorced, the common mistakes that I see is that they will make hasty decisions without thinking them through and without getting their team of professionals to advise them. And one of those examples would be somebody who's being offered their house versus taking cash in an investment account. So, for example, if you have a house and you tell me that it's worth $2 million, the next question I'm going to ask is, how much is the mortgage? Well, if you have a $1.5 million mortgage on a $2 million house, how are you going to afford to pay that mortgage? And how are you going to afford the maintenance and everything that goes along with that house? The other thing I see is that people looking at assets and saying, okay, well, I'm just going to take half that investment account that my spouse has without looking at what is the cost basis and the tax ramifications of that. So basically, if you've got an account that has appreciated a lot Say you had a lot of um, Apple stock and it was bought at a very low share cost and now it's worth a lot more. And you take that on, you think you're getting a great deal, but in order to liquefy that and get the money out of it that you're gonna need to pay for that 5.5 million mortgage that you've now taken on, you are going to be paying a lot in capital gains because of that appreciation. So it's very important to sit down with somebody who can analyze what it is you're being offered in your divorce settlement and make sure that not only is it fair because one half equals the other half, but is it fair based on is this a liquid asset that I'm not going to have to pay taxes on when I get rid of it? And I'm going to need to get rid of it in order to pay for my lifestyle. So I would say that the biggest mistake is not getting professional help right away.
1: Right, right. No, I agree with that. I think that you know, you it just in what you said there, there's a whole bunch of things, you know, as the tax accountant to me, just, just kind of like pops out and it's just like, like you said, it's, it's great that the house is worth $2 million. Well, but if you got the 1.5, you know, $1 million dollar mortgage on it, well, really it's only worth 500,000. Exactly. And then like you said, it's just like, do you have the cash to, to take care of everything else with it? So uh, that's a great example of why using a professional like you, you know, is, is really important. With that, what else, why else should somebody use a professional like you in um, going through, you know, a divorce or, you know, they're newly widowed?
0: So when people are going through a divorce, um, the first thing they have to do is fill out a statement of net worth. And as you probably see with your clients, a lot of times just pulling together documents makes people crazy. Mm-hmm. And someone going through a divorce right now is basically emotionally very, very vulnerable. And the last thing they wanna do if they are not the one who's been dealing with the finances Is come up with all the information that their matrimonial attorney is asking them for. So I look at these people and all they want to do is get into bed and pull the covers over their heads and say, Aviva, get away from me. I don't want to do this. Right. Right? But their matrimonial attorney is saying, hey, I can't start this divorce proceeding unless you tell me what are your assets and how much debt do you have? And, you know, is there a trust and how much do you have in insurance? And was there a 401k plan and a pension plan? And you tell this to people and their minds just go like cuckoo. So what I can do is sit down with them and we go step by step, break it down very easily. And we go through the information. I can come to the house. I can get them to send documents. I mean, with COVID, I've just been sending FedEx packages and UPS packages and Send me everything you've got there, uh, right. you know, or else they can scan it. You know, we've got these iPhones that you go to notes and you, j- you take a PDF now and it's great, you know, and right. once I taught a few clients that trick, it was like, oh, I don't need to have a scanner. But if they can send me the documents, I know what I'm looking for. Just like if they sent you all of their tax information, you knew right away, you know, what to pull out and what's necessary. Right. But if they can get that information over to me, I can help them. Pull it all together. So what I tell people is that you're not an expert at everything. If I have a toothache, I need to go to a dentist. If I have my my sink is running over, I need to call a plumber. I can't do all of that. So just like that, these people don't know how to do their finances and they don't know how to pull together their statement of net worth. And people who are going through have just been widowed or widowed, they're in grief. And the last thing they want to think about is, oh my God, I need to pay the mortgage. So what I do with them is sit down and say, hey, you know what? Not everything has to be done right away. And these are the things that have to be taken care of. And these are the other things that can wait. And don't get people to try selling you things and and getting you into things that you don't understand. Take your time. Most important thing, keep the lights on, keep the water flowing and pay the mortgage everything else can wait. Right. And, right. you know, that they need to hear that because, you know, there's a, there's a lot going on and they just can't focus on it because of the grief.
1: Right. I, I agree with you. And we deal a lot with, with, you know, spouses after someone has passed away. And, and I think something that, that we try to do, um, if we can get them to do it, is at least once a year get together with their team to kind of go over and have both people there to make sure that it's like, okay, yes, you may not be doing the finances and I'm taking care of all of them, but you need to hear it and you need to know where everything is. So if something does happen, you know, to one of us that somebody knows where to go to get the information to at least get their team to help them start somewhere.
0: Right. And I have two documents that I provide. One of them is What happens if I'm not here? And Mm -hmm. that is for the people who are married and something will happen to the other spouse. And it could be someone gets hit by a truck, somebody dies of COVID, whatever it is, or somebody who's got a terminal illness. And making sure that the other person knows where everything is. They don't have to understand it all. Just know where it's located is amazing. And for the divorcing people, I have a divorce checklist which basically goes through what are the things that you're going to need to know before you go to sign that divorce stipulation and end your marriage. And having that in front of you and knowing that checklist, you can be in a better position to have a better outcome.
1: Right. I agree. What are some of the questions you wish your clients were asking you when they were coming in that they're not asking? So
0: I think um, part of it is that clients think that they should know everything. And what I want to tell them is that there's no stupid question. No matter what it is that they don't know, they should be comfortable asking. And it's just like when you go to a professional and you say, hey, I have a headache doctor, you know, and the doctor will say, well, what part of your head is hurting? it's the same thing with your financials. It's basically you walk in and tell me what you don't understand. And it could be simple things like, I don't understand my bank statement, or I don't understand this investment report, or I don't understand why they're taking taxes out of this. I thought that this was tax-free forever. And I hear that a lot with minimum required distributions from IRAs and 401ks. Well, Somebody told me it's tax-free. Yes, it accumulates tax-free, but once you take the money out, you are getting income and it's still taxable to you. So it's things like that where just ask the question. Don't feel like you're, you're stupid. Don't feel like you should know these things. We don't know everything. And that's why we have professionals who specialize in this that can help you. So I would say there's no stupid question.
1: Right. So what are, what are some of the, the biggest fears that the clients are having when they come into you um, besides not knowing what they don't know?
0: So I would say the biggest fear is not knowing if they're going to have enough to live on. Okay. And part of that goes back to the budgeting because they weren't involved in paying the bills, didn't know how much there was, didn't know how much they spend, they are afraid of being homeless. And, you know, I don't say that lightly. There are people that really, even with a lot of money, they say, oh my God, I don't know if I'm going to be able to live. And so the best thing that you can do with these clients is to sit down and and create a budget. How much do you spend? And with the divorcing clients, it's what are you spending now? And what Are you gonna have to cut back to when you're divorced because the biggest thing about divorce is you're going from one pot of money and now it's got to pay for two households so unless you're extremely wealthy your standard of living is not going to be the same as prior to the divorce so they have to understand that unless they get remarried or they're they get a job if they're not working that they can't keep spending the same amount that they were spending before because that one pot is now covering two different households. So the biggest fear is, oh my God, am I gonna be able to live on this? And that's when the budgeting comes in. And it's really important to go through every line item and say, you know what, where can we cut back? And maybe, you know, the fluffy dog doesn't need two haircuts a month. Maybe, you know, we can have the fluffy dog be a little fluffier for the month. And, you know, I'm just saying that as, you know just an example, but there are places where people can cut back if necessary, when they're going through the the divorce. And if there's a widow or widower involved, it's making them understand this is how much has been left. This is how much you need for the rest of your life, taking into account inflation, taking into account your health care, taking into account your long-term care. And this is how much you're going to be able to spend every month. And we will invest the money to help you get that, but we can't make miracles happen. And we try and have very conservative assumptions to what the markets are going to return. And if that's all the money they have, then we want to invest it conservatively for them so that they're not going to be in jeopardy of losing it.
1: Yeah, I, I think I, I find something that that's kind of intriguing to me is that lots of times people have no idea how much they're spending on groceries or eating out or uh, on their car or you know getting their hair done and nails done and you know playing golf whatever it is they they have no idea and it's one of those things where it's really crazy when I see the people and the kind of money they're making they have no idea but then they don't have the money and savings and things like that and that's where you know I always try to tell people, you know, oh, you need to set a budget. And it's like, you know, that B word isn't isn't a good word to use. Exactly um, right. And it's just, it, it's something that, that I just find amazing how, you know, people don't know. And then when something does happen, then suddenly they're, they are, they're in a crisis because they don't know what to do. And I think that it would really help people if, um, you know, again, this goes back to, you know, education and, you know, in, in school, I knew, you know, growing up in school, I took a bookkeeping class when I was in high school and we talked about personal finance.
0: You are lucky because yeah. most, most right. schools do not have any kind of finance in, in any of the curriculum and financial literacy is not taught in schools. Right. And so it, it's something that people are really missing by the time they get to be adults. Right. Um, it's not taught in colleges. You know, unless you're taking some kind of uh, personal finance class, you're not going to get it. And there was a shift in education in the 1970s where everybody started going to college. They started teaching towards the SAT and ACT rather than home economics, rather than, you know, personal life. finances and li- yeah, life skills. Yeah. Exactly.
1: I mean, because I can remember, you know, I'm dating myself here. I can remember going with my, you know, my little bank book to the bank and making a deposit and you would give them the bank book and they would, you know, record the deposit and everything else in there. So and I now can, it's Benmo. Yeah, exactly. Um, so people, you know, lots of times, you know, how much money do you have in? And, you know, I talk to, to clients all the time and, you know, they're so close on, you know, that, that zero balance or, or whatever, And it's like, you know, they forget about, oh, I wrote that hand wrote that check that hasn't cleared the bank yet. And I got to I got to record that somewhere. Um, So, you know, it would really be great. I mean, because you're doing the budgeting and stuff with people when something happens, it would be great if people were kind of doing that ahead of time. So they would even know or even, hey, once a year, once every six months, let's take a look at what our what our spending is just to have an idea. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think some people, there's a
0: lot of great apps on the phones these days. And I've been, I've been talking to some of the high school kids and the college kids that are friends with my children and saying, you know, you should start using these apps because it really helps them figure out, you know, how much they're spending, whatever. And they're not, they're not just going to the ATM and withdrawing.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, and then you figure out, you know, how, how much money you're spending, you know, a week on your lattes and everything else. And it's just like, oh, I don't have any money. Well, it's like, well, cut back on that. You'll have a whole lot more money. <laughs> so um, what are some of the common mistakes, you know, besides not not seeking a professional um, that you see people make that are going through these, these crises in their lives?
0: Um, so one of the biggest mistakes is not thinking about inflation. And I think people look at, okay, well, I'm, even if they have a budget, okay, so I'm spending $50,000 a year, right? right? So then if I'm going to live 30 years, I take the 50,000, I multiply by 30, and that's how much I'm going to need. Right. And what they're not realizing is that the same 50,000 today is going to cost them 65,000, you know, four years from now, and right. it's going to keep going up from there. And if they have children that are in college, college is inflating at 6% a year. And if they have healthcare insurance, healthcare is going up by 4% a year. So all of these things are gonna cost more and more and more as you go out those 30 years. And so one of the biggest mistakes they make is that they're, they're just doing straight multiplication without looking at the fact that it's going to have to keep up with inflation. And if they think that they're going to just put it in the bank and the bank is paying a half a percent and inflation is running two and a half percent, they're actually losing 2% every single year. Right. So I would say that those are some of the biggest mistakes that people make is not taking into account inflation and not taking into account that they really need to invest the assets in order to keep up with inflation.
1: Right. Now, Kind of you've been doing this for for a while now couple of years what, what what do you know now that you wish you knew when you when you originally started
0: um, i think what i would have loved to have known is that people jump off cliffs at the wrong time mm-hmm. and i say that because the markets if you give it a long term time horizon will go up over time. There's going to be fluctuations in between. Now, I have lived through many of those big downdrafts and I have seen that if you keep your calm and you stay invested and you don't jump out at the wrong times, that things will look better in your portfolio longer term. And that only comes with experience because our gut reaction is, oh, my God, I have just lost 30% of my portfolio. I am panicking. I don't want to lose anymore. I am taking everything out right now. Right. And what the, the rational thing to do when you're looking at what the historical market performance has been, is saying, hey, do I have any extra money on the side that I can use to put into the market right now? Right. So you buy low and you sell high rather than let your emotions run amok. So I have learned that over time. I would love for all of my clients to learn that over time. And that's something that I try and teach them because I have learned that.
1: Right. Right now, that's a good wisdom there. So what are the some of the biggest challenges uh, that you're facing right now.
0: I think the biggest challenges that everybody's facing is that we don't know what's going on with taxes because of the new government that's um, in power. We don't know whether the markets will keep going the way they have been going. And there's a lot of euphoria out there because now people are being vaccinated. So things are opening up and everything's looking great. And what people don't realize is that the market is a forecasting tool. The market has already taken into account that things are gonna get better. So the question that people have to be asking themselves now is are my assets allocated correctly for the, this environment and for the future environment? So if things have run up tremendously and you have a larger percentage in stocks than what your asset allocation should have, well, now's the time to trim back a bit mm-hmm. and put the assets into other assets where you're keeping your asset allocation correct. So that so that would really, be my, my advice in this environment.
1: Right, so you're really helping them manage risk is what you're doing with that, correct. Correct. right? Correct. Um, what, what haven't I asked you that you wish I had?
0: <laughs> so uh,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we've, we've talked about a lot. Right. Um, I think that um, most importantly for your, your audience to know is that it takes a lot of people to help especially when you're going through transitions such as divorce or or um have recently lost somebody or inherited some money Um, and i think that what's important to know is that all of the professionals can work together to help you and you know, you you kind of touched on, you know, the team approach. Um, what I believe in is that if you have a great team of people working with you, and that can be somebody like a divorce coach who's helping you with the emotional side of things, something like your matrimonial attorney that's helping you with the legal side of things, your accountant or tax professional who's helping you with your taxes and accounting, and your wealth manager who understands what you're going through, has done it before with many clients and can help you see the other side. Putting together that team is very, very important. So I would ask each client and each listener, do you have a team that you can count on? And do does that team work in your best interests and make you get on the right financial path for what you're going through and what you're going to get going forward?
1: Right. That's great. So if, The listeners like what they're hearing. They want to talk to you um, and get help from you. How can they reach you?
0: So you can, um, Google me at Aviva Pinto. It's A-V-I-V-A-P-I-N-T-O. My, um, email is aviva.pinto at wealthspire.com. And, um, you can even pick up the phone and give me a call. We're all remote at the moment. So, uh, his cell phone works well, which is 516-297-2795. And uh, if I don't pick up right away, it's maybe because the phone's saying it's possible spam or something. Just leave a message. I'll call you right back.
1: Great. We really appreciate your time and your wisdom today. Um, Aviva Pinto is a managing director with Fire Advisors. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Gary. Great to be here.
0: This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC.